Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and e hisikimaka e yoso matnamineho kihi. Welcome to the Mammoth Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. We are your hosts, Gary Dodge. And Sheena Mapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Thanks, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, I would like to remind everyone that we request you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. And also that we are having National Guard testing that's available to the public next Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Transit Center in Kashina, which is at W2727, our Children's Road. So, um, Vaughn, I've seen a lot of talk this week about um, double masking and if that is more effective or is needed now that there's more... In- a more infectious variant that is becoming more common. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, so double masking is it's kind of an interesting topic. You know, technically double masking doesn't stop the inhalation of the virus or not much, I should say. I mean, um, it's kind of like trying to catch, you know, a penny with, you know, a tennis racket or chain link fence. But What they can do if you double mask is it can block the respiratory droplets that you exhale. And technically, double masking, um, you know, does prevent the release of more of those droplets. So what it does is it's more of a safety measure for those around you rather than yourself and what you're inhaling. So is that something that you would recommend people start doing? I I would say it really depends. And... Um, you know, some people ask whether or not, you know, double masking brings your mask safety up to like the level of, a, of an N95 mask. Um, and I'd really say that depends on the types of materials you're using for your mask, the cleanliness of the materials, the thickness, um, whether or not there's a multi-directional weave, uh, if it's chemically coated or electrostatically treated. Um, a lot of the times the double masks don't bring it up to the effectiveness of the N95. Um, but that said, double masking, you know, they have done studies. It does release less droplets into the environment. Um, if you don't have an N95 available, perhaps that is, you know, uh, a route you want to take. Um, I, it really depends also on, you know, the level of risk that the people you're going to be around are at. If you're around individuals who might be older, might have compromised immune systems, that definitely might be something that you consider doing. Um, do we have any evidence of the more infectious um, strain of the virus being in our community at this point? So there's evidence of some of the new strains being in Wisconsin. Um, right now, I'd say it'd be naive to think that we don't have that strain either near our community or in the community. And that's just due to the amount of like inter-county travel that takes place on a daily basis. So yes, you can, you can assume it's here already. Um, we haven't done a lot of the um, analysis to break down the, the genome to see if it is that particular strain. So um, just assume it's here already. Okay. Um, <clears throat> with the other, so apparently there's quite a few different 
variants or strains that are being found now? Um, how many are there at this point? So that's that's actually a really great question. Um, and the CDC recognizes six major subcategories of COVID-19 right now, not just specific strains. There are, you know, dozens of strains, if not more at this point. Um, that said, some mutations, completely harmless, don't change the virus at all. Um, some strains they've found are clinically more relevant. There are four of them in particular that um, I was able to find information on. One of them was uh, the UK strain of uh, B117 uh, that we talked about a week or two ago. Um, and it, they found that it has an unusually, uh, they classified as an unusually large amount of mutations. Um, and that's allowed it to be a strain that uh, spreads uh, more easily. Um, and that's due to a, a mutation on um, what's called the, the binding domain. It's the, the tip of the, the spike protein that everyone talks about. So when you see a picture of the little COVID with all the little spikes, it's a mutation at the very tip. Um, there's also a, a South African strain designated as um, 1351. Um, we haven't found any cases of that in the U.S. yet. Um, and the Brazilian strain of P1 also contains... Um, additional mutations um, that uh, affect the body's ability uh, to recognize that virus with the antibodies it produces. So that's that's something that um, might be of concern. Additionally, there's a variant called um, Cal20C, and that's a, a variation or a mutation of the virus uh, that was identified in LA County that's led to about two-thirds of the one million cases that they've had um, you know, over the last, I think it's like six months. So it's, it's been responsible for, you know, severe amount of strains. So all of these new strains or these four strains that we just talked about, they have their mutations taking place on the spike protein. Um, and that's, that's what's used to, um, attach to and infect the cell essentially. Um, so the scientists aren't sure if these mutations in the spike will make the vaccine more or less effective. So right now they're doing a lot more observation of these various strains and they're running tests on them. So we'll have more information as you know they're able to generate more information about it, but there are definitely things to keep in mind that there are strains out there um, that transmit easier than others. So please be vigilant when you're, when you're going out. So this was a question that popped up on Facebook in the community. Um, can you talk about Miss C? and how it affects children specifically? Yeah, so MIS-C is actually, it's uh, an abbreviation. Uh, it stands for an acronym. It stands for Multisystem Inflammatory Syndrome. And the C is, uh, it stands for in children. There's also a MIS-A, um, which is for adults. Uh, it's a condition where different body parts become inflamed. These could include things like the heart, the lungs, the kidney, the brain, um, the skin, or the eyes, or any of the organs in the gastrointestinal system. Um, if this occurs, some of the symptoms include things like abdominal or gut pain, vomiting, diarrhea, uh, neck pains, rashes, bloodshot eyes, or excessive fatigue or feeling of tiredness. Um, also, when uh, children have it, they, um, they may experience um, like an inability to stay awake or to wake up. Um, so it's something you definitely need to watch your kids for. Uh, they don't know what causes Miss C right now, um, but they're finding that it occurs more frequently when children have had exposure to COVID-19 um, or they've been around someone who's had a serious case of, of COVID-19. 
Now, Missy is um, right now it's, it's not very common, but they are doing tests to study more about it and find out how frequently it occurs and they're tracking more of the cases. Um, but, uh, it is something that, that can be, um, that pe that children can overcome if they're given proper medical treatment. If you suspect that a child may have this, your child, grandchild, nephew, friend, whatever, um, you know, you want to make sure that they're either taken to a hospital or you call 911 because it's um, it's something you don't want to let occur for an extended period of time because it can cause long-term damage or death. So that's what it is. Uh, it's not commonly seen right now, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. Has there been any other like new side effects reported locally for the COVID vaccine? So to date, I haven't been made aware of anyone experiencing any side effects from the COVID vaccines locally. And that's partly because of the safety level of the vaccine. Um, it's, uh, it's very rare to have any sort of reaction. Um, from what we've uh, been able to find, there are only about 11 reactions per million people. That said, there was a report in the news of a, of a gentleman um, who took the vaccine and died. Um, they found that that individual was uh, over the age of 60 and had some underlying health conditions. Um, and given that there have been already, I think it's 27.3 million vaccinations um, given out, uh, the odds of death are, are extremely low. Yes, it does happen, but it's incredibly rare. And so um, haven't heard anything locally. That's the first you know, major incident I've heard nationally. Um, so the vaccines are pretty safe and, and we encourage everyone to get them still. Okay. And then, um, I think we've asked this before, but I just wanted to make sure again, will the vaccine be required for work? I, I think we have talked about this a little bit. I'm going to preface it with not a legal expert that said, uh, legally, I don't think, um, uh, employers can mandate or require an individual to get vaccinated as a grounds for employment. Um, Various uh, industries have different standards, though, and so it's definitely something that individuals will need to look into more uh, on their own. Okay, and then um, we had the spectrum kind of finish up here on the res. I was just wondering if there's any other um, communication expansion updates for the reservation, like the cell towers and stuff. Yeah, the tribe's actually been very active in trying to improve communications and connectivity abilities on the reservation. Um, and there, there are several major uh, projects in the works right now. One of them that might be a little better known is the Starlink program. Um, that's the, you know, low orbital satellite based internet. Uh, the state has given us the green light on uh, the funding for that project. And we're currently reviewing the service agreements for it. Um, we have a list of individuals who will be in the trial period, and I've been told by tribal administration that they're still accepting applicants for that program, but they have to live in Neopet or Zor the Zor areas. Uh, we also have uh, the projects that you were talking about um, that Charter has been working with us on. Uh, they just finished up um, laying new cable on various parts of the reservation in December, and those were paid for with CARES funds. Those were associated with COVID. Um, they're also working on updating the uh, cable systems um, along VV and I believe Dodge Road, and that project should be finished in April. Uh, as well, the cell towers that we're working with Bug Tussle on, uh, we have the MOU 
uh, that's ready to be signed. Um, and the CARES Fund paid for all the uh, electrical equipment needed to obviously run electricity to the towers, which was actually a really large project, um, several million dollars for you know each of the towers because some of them were offset into the woods. Um, and so we had to run a substantial number or amount of cable for that. So we have all the materials. It's ready for installation. Um, we're just uh, waiting for final approval from the federal government. Um, that occurs, I believe, in February is what they were saying. Um, and also we've applied for uh, spectrum in the 2.5 gigahertz frequencies. What that is, is um, those are frequencies that are going to be solely dedicated to 5G. Um, and so the FCC is reviewing the tribe's application to be able to provide 5G on the reservation. So uh, it's gone through two reviews. It's in its third and final one. And hopefully that will uh, be cleared uh, in the coming weeks. Okay. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? You know what? Uh, we appreciate everyone's efforts to stay he healthy and safe um, and, and slow the spread of COVID in the community. Uh, thanks for watching out for your elders and loved ones, everyone. Really appreciate your help in this. Thank you. You bet, guys. Wawanen, for listening to the Mammoth Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on Menominee-NSN.gov under the Community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. We do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. Please send them in to us via email at podcast at MITW.org.